Welcome to Macro Monday on Investec Focus Radio SA, a podcast about what's driving global and local markets. I'm Chris Holdsworth, Chief Investment Strategist at Investec Wealth and Investment. Every Monday morning, I'll update you on key developments from the past week and what you need to know about the week ahead. If you'd prefer to watch a video with the graphs and charts I referred to in the podcast, just go to investec.com forward slash Macro Monday. Good morning. This week, we're going to have a look at the latest forecast for growth from IMF for the world and for a select number of countries. We'll have a look at that extraordinary non-farm payrolls number that came out on Friday. We'll have a look at what's going on with regards to growth in Europe and what that means for interest rate expectations over there. And finally, we'll have a look at tax data in SA. We're going to start off with global growth and IMF expectations. IMF has come out with a fairly rosy outlook for global growth over the coming year. They expect global growth to be just a bit above 3%. That's quite a bit above the consensus forecast. And if we dig a little and we look at country forecasts, in most cases, they align with consensus. The couple of exceptions are the US, where they're more bullish, the UK, where they're a bit more bullish, and South Africa, where they're a bit more negative. Their US forecast is significantly bullish. They're looking at over 2% growth expectations for this year versus the consensus of one and a half. And that goes some way in explaining why they're more optimistic for the global outlook. So in effect, much more bullish on the US than consensus, and as a result, more bullish for the global numbers. And it's pretty important we look at a range of forecasts when it comes to growth. We look at the consensus numbers, we look at IMF, we look at contributors within the consensus. We also look at forecasts from central banks. And this shift it's quite significant because up until now, the commentary has been largely characterized by an expectation of a material slowdown in economic activity in the U.S. over the coming year. And this is the first major contributor that's coming out and saying, no, no, that's not going to be the case. U.S. growth is going to remain strong. And as a result, global growth will be strong, too. So we'll keep an eye on these expectations of growth, whether they be from consensus, or central banks or the IMF. But this is just the first sign coming out that growth in the U.S. may in fact prove to be much stronger than is currently widely expected. Sticking with that vein, on Friday we had the non-farm payrolls numbers come out of the U.S. and they were extraordinarily strong. 350,000 jobs added rather than the consensus forecast of just over 180. And it wasn't just above the consensus number, it was above every single contributor to the consensus. There wasn't a single forecaster out there that was expecting a number like this. It was very strong. And it gives further support for the idea that the U.S. labor market continues to be tight at this point. We do need just one bit of caution here. There's two employment surveys in the U.S. There's a non-farm payroll survey where they ask companies whether you hire people or not, and there's a household survey where they knock on doors and they ask people whether they're employed or not. And they've been giving different messages. That non-farm payrolls data was up to 350,000 last month. The household survey was down. And if you look over the last 12 months, the non-farm payrolls data suggests that the U.S. added 3 million jobs and the household survey suggests that there was just 1 million jobs added. The reality is likely to lie between the two. So we shouldn't get too carried away with the non-farm payrolls data. We should, however, recognize that there are still signs that the U.S. labor market is still quite strong at this point. We still expect it to weaken over the coming year or so, but unequivocally at this point, it is in robust health. That difference between those two surveys, that 12-month difference, is close to the highest that we have seen in the past 25 years. It was only around COVID where it was a bit higher. That does, again, suggest that we are likely to be seeing some revisions in this data going forward. So we do need to treat it with a bit of caution. We are going to have to shift that view. Switching to Europe, European GDP came out at 0% last quarter. We had five quarters of pretty weak growth out of Europe between minus 0.1 and plus 0.1%. 
It's been a little while now that we've had weak growth out of Europe, and we expect it to continue to be weak over the coming 12 months. At least inflation is heading in the right direction. Headline inflation down at 2.8%. That's down slightly from last month. Core inflation at 33 That's also down slightly from last month. So you've got inflation heading the right direction. Weak growth. The clock is ticking and the point at which the ECB cuts. The market expects cuts from April. So no cut in March expected. And then for fairly regular cuts post that. It's a similar story in the US. The market is expecting cuts from May and then fairly regular cuts beyond that. So we are at this point where growth is weak now for Europe, but likely receive some stimulus from cuts later on. The link between rate cuts and GDP growth is pretty variable, though. So even if the ECB starts to cut immediately, it's going to take some time before those rate cuts have an effect on the economy. And I think in stark contrast to the US, we can quite confidently expect that growth in Europe over the coming six to 12 months is likely to be quite weak. There's one potential disruption to the inflation outlook, and that comes from supply chain disruptions. There's still been no material uptick in the number of ships transiting through the sewers. We monitor this very closely. At this point, it's only been an issue for a relatively short period of time. And even though shipping costs have gone up by around about 100% or so, it changes depending on which route you look at. The period has been too short for us to confidently say that there will be a subsequent increase in goods price inflation. But every week where this continues to be an issue and leads to an increased probability that goods price inflation is going to start to pick up again in Europe and in the US. So this is a series we need to keep a very close eye on and we will be updating fairly regularly over the coming months. Switching to South Africa, the tax data for December came out last week. It was down year on year. By our estimate, there's going to be a pretty sizable miss relative to the budget. In February, we're looking at about 80 billion rand or so. And that means that the government is going to be in a tough position. In an election year, there's very limited scope for cutting taxes. If anything, we expect bracket creep for a personal income tax. There's very little limited scope for raising either the VAT or company tax. And that means a combination of either having to control the expenditure or issue more. Given that it's an election year, we don't expect expenditure to be going backwards relative to previous forecasts. The net result of that is that we expect more issuance of debt or for government to come up with creative ways of getting around that. So either tapping into reserves or tapping into cash balances. And we expect to see more on that in the February budget coming up in a couple of weeks or so. And we will do a budget preview next week in anticipation of that. But bear in the back of your mind at the moment that it's unlikely to be a good news story at this budget coming up. Having said that, employee tax receipts continue to be strong. So formal sector income growth continues to be robust, up financial year to date around 8% year on year. The primary reason why consumption has been as weak as it has in SA is because of very high interest rates rather than weak income growth. Given that the US and Europe are expected to cut from around May, we don't think cuts will be far off from that in SA, and we expect that would immediately translate into an uptick in consumption, but it's unlikely to occur in the very short term. And that's where we're going to leave it for this week. That's all for this episode. Do you tune in next week for more investment insights from me, Chris Holdsworth, and the Investec Wealth and Investment team. If you haven't yet added us to your podcast feed, you can subscribe to Investec Focus Radio SA wherever you listen. And please take a minute to rate our podcast so we can surface this content to the broader investment community. If you want to see the graphs that are referenced in the podcast, you can watch a video version of this recording at investec.com forward slash macro monday.
The views expressed are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily represent the views of Investec Wealth and Investment International and should not be taken as advice, guidance or recommendation. Investec Wealth and Investment International, a member of the JSC Equity, Equity Derivatives, Currency Derivatives, Bond Derivatives and Interest Rate Derivatives Markets, an authorized financial services provider and a registered credit provider.